superstars. Welcome to another round of Awesome Overflow. We have reached the end of calendar month, April 2020. Although, if you're like me, maybe you've lost all sense of time and space. <laughs> Welcome to the end of something. But what is it really? What does it all mean? What does it all mean? I mean, seriously, uh, I am joined today by my dear friend and lovely co-host, Kelly Gordon. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Meg. I don't know how I am. Do you feel like that's a hard question to answer these days? Yeah, I do. I really do. I feel like it requires paragraphs of explanation where I am all at the same time grateful that no one in our family is sick, grateful for the uh, employment that we have for, you know, so many things, but also literally, I'm not kidding when I say this, I cry almost every single day mm. because things are just so out of sorts mm -hmm. and so wrong. Um, so yeah, I, it's a blend of tragic and, and grateful and I could just go on and on yeah. about how I am. How well, about you? <laughs> that's how, that's what we're doing here is to go on and on. You know, I think it hit me this week that this is unlike anything that we've ever experienced before, which I knew intellectually, but it really slammed into me when my 12 year old said, mom, did you go something like through something like this when you were a kid? And mm. I was like, mm, no. no, like, you know, I'm like thinking back of all the things that, you know, our generations have, you know, loosely lived through. I mean, I know that in the superstars group, there's lots of different ages, but I'm thinking like, okay, the cold war was long, but it wasn't, and it was a threat, but it wasn't like it, it disrupted our daily routines. You know, we've sure. had moments of trauma, shootings or 9-11, oh, yes, that sort of, of thing, um, where you feel very impacted and it feels like nothing will quite be the same. But this slow, um, long drawn out uncertainty and upending of life as we knew it. Yes. No, no, that is not something that I don't even know that the boomers have experienced. If it, it really might have been the like the last world war. Um, mm. or the last pandemic almost a hundred years ago. Yeah. So yeah, what we're feeling, I think it helped me to recognize that because I thought really we are in something unprecedented, which just like you, I'm grateful that we still have jobs, you know, that our family is healthy. So that, I think that makes the disconnect even all the more in some ways. Cause we're like, well, yes, on one hand, everything is really like, as some of the memes said, the, the hardest thing we're being asked to do is to stay home and watch Netflix. We can do right. this, America, yes. you know, that sort of yes. thing. But at the same time, yes. it is like this, whoa, everything has changed. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, you know, even though things are completely topsy-turvy and upside down um, right now, we do still want to get together and do some awesome overflow. First of all, I want to say hello to all of our new superstars. We've gained something like 30 oh. new superstar patrons this month. You guys, welcome to the fold. Welcome to the crew. We are so excited that you're here. If you are brand new, you may not know um, yet that every month I sit down with one of the co-hosts or my sister sometimes. One time Sarah, our producer, came and did one of these with me. But it's basically a little extra bonus episode where we just kind of talk about some things that are going on in our lives. It's really where we give a lot of personal updates, but sometimes we will do... Um, 
things that are awesome in life that, ne- that haven't necessarily made it to the main show for whatever reason. Maybe they're not a whole Awesome of the Week segment. Maybe we just want to keep it for our inner circle of good friends. So yeah, this is the overflow for April 2020. And Kelly and I were just thought we would sit down. And even though things are crazy, there's still some things making life awesome. So Kelly, do you have something that you want to start us out with? I'm going to let you start. Okay. I'm not sure that my things are all that awesome. <laughs> I have some things that I want to talk about, but let's start okay. with some awesome stuff. Okay. Well, here is one awesome that I've been meaning to talk about actually on the main show for a long time, and I never have gotten around to it. So superstars, you get to hear it first. I can't promise that that this won't eventually be an awesome of the week, but it is a YouTube channel that I discovered by sheer happenstance a couple of months ago. And the name of the YouTube channel is Jason Stevenson. And Jason Stevenson is a person. He is on Twitter. He is at Relax Me Online. And what he does is he produces what he calls relaxation music. And he does, he does a couple of things. He's really, really super big into meditations. So he does do voiced guided meditation. If that's your thing, it's not personally for me. Um, but he is also Australian. So if you like to listen to an Australian voice, help you kind of get into that meditative groove, you might like that. But what I found him for and what has been so awesome for us, for actually for my whole, well, almost my whole family, Kyle does not like this channel. <laughs> but he does this relaxation music. And he has like these very, very um, contemplative animated computer screens that he'll put on with it. For example, it'll look like you're just kind of floating uh, over the clouds. At oh, sunset. Yeah. Is it a very computerized? Is it a drawing, but it's animation? It's not a drawing. Okay. It's some kind of computer animation. And I don't have the, I don't have a good vocabulary to explain mm-hmm. what it is, but it's not like cartoonish. It's kind of realistic looking. Um, but I will put this on whenever I am having a hard time falling asleep. There's something about the specific, um, tones and sounds that he's using that no matter what, no matter how wound up I am, when this turns on, I just like, I just start nodding off. And it has been so helpful for me. Even I have used it even to help the twins when they need a little help settling. They're seven years old and, you know, seven year old boys, uh, there's a lot of energy happening there. And sometimes the, the settling at the end of the day can be a little tricky. They call this their sleepy time show. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we'll put it on to help them relax. If I wake up in the middle of the night, that's the hardest thing for me. I actually never have a hard time falling asleep in the evening, mm-hmm. like at bedtime. <laughs> like I have a hard time staying awake until bedtime, actually. <laughs> but if I wake up in the middle of the night, that's when it's really hard for me to get back to sleep. So anyway, I'm going to throw a link in the show notes for you guys with some of my favorite um, ones of his so you can check out. Um, you know, I've shared a lot of help you sleep resources through the years on sort of awesome going back to like the sleep with me podcast and various ASMR channels, but this one has been really great and I highly recommend it. So again, it's Jason Stevenson, his channels, um, mostly seem to be under relax me online. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. I actually really do like guided meditation, but here's a little awesome that I have for anybody who has the Headspace app. Um, it is, it does have a lot of things on it right now that are for free, but they also have a paid subscription and, and that's what I have. So I think that you have to use the paid subscription to get to the part that I'm talking about here, but they have new, just, they call them soundscapes 
for mm. sleep. So yes. some of them actually are like some guided meditation or there's some different types of voices, almost just telling you a story or doing a guided meditation. But my favorite thing are just sounds. It's just a sound of a nighttime scene somewhere. So there's, you know, of course, like ocean and jungle and rain on a cabin and a campfire and a campfire next to a lake. And so there's all these sounds that are blended together. It's so that's what I've been listening to. Like you, I have no trouble falling asleep. I hit the pillow. I always read before bed and I usually don't make it past two pages because my eyes start to cross. But it's nice to have that sound on. I have found, even though I'm going to bed pretty late, I have two teenagers who go to bed after me and we have a puppy. And so the puppy sleeps in one in Natalie's room. And so sometimes it, when she puts her in the kennel, the puppy has lots of those loud, you know, barks like, I'm not ready to go to bed. So uh-huh. putting this background, at least like a white noise. Um, yes. which I've never had a white noise machine. Um, but I certainly do like white noise. I like fans. You know, I like having a window open, those sorts of things. So this has just been like that kind of to help get me into a deeper state of sleep. It's been fantastic. So I get that. So this is what I will recommend for my awesome. I'm actually going to recommend two books. So I do read books before bed. They're very different though. So that's the reason I have to bring two. So one, this is such a geeky thing. If you want to kind of get out of the modern day, but also get context. I feel like my knowledge of history is not great. Like, I don't know, possibly just because I wasn't paying attention. I didn't have the brain for it when I was in high school. I didn't really start to get it to be like, oh, it's not about like who and when it's the why Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they did these things that's important and why I need to learn it today. So here's a book called Imperfect Union. It's okay. written by Steve Inskeep, who is one of the main anchors of National Public Radio's morning show, Morning Edition. Um, he is just a history buff, apparently. He's written several historical, they're not, they're nonfiction, like, you know, stories of people's lives, people that you may never have heard of. He lives in Washington, D.C., and so he just spends a lot of his free time there at the Library of Congress, like, researching and being like, oh, this is an interesting story, but I bet nobody knows about. So this story is about the Fremonts, um, John and Jesse Fremont, who lived in the mid 1800s, right before the Civil War. He is largely credited because he kind of brought California into the US fold. Um, obviously, there were people in California, he didn't discover it. And in fact, at that point, it was Mexican. But there was this concern that Spanish troops were landing and and Britain was taking over parts of Western Canada. So it's a really fascinating story. And this is the reason why I especially loved it is that it really paints a picture of America leading up to the Civil War. And so you're seeing an America that is very divided <laughs> mm-hmm. and how all of these issues, race, immigrants, who's an American, Things that we're dealing with today were being dealt with back there. And for some reason, seeing the historical context and seeing a little bit of how we got to where we are, and also seeing that we've been in really bad places before, you know, when I, I obviously I work in news, so it's really hard for me to just not face on a daily basis how divided we are as a country. Um, obviously, there was a civil war to solve that dispute. That was not where we want to go. But it kind of made me go, oh, we've survived things like this before. There have been just as many crazy politicians, maybe not quite where we are today because we're in a different environment, but, you know, people that would bring guns into the, you know, the Congress and be like, oh, you have insulted me. Duel at noon. You know, like that, that <laughs> happened. Um, right. 
Yes. So it's just, it's eye opening. And again, if you like history at all, I think Stephen Skeep is an amazing writer to tell these stories of real people um, and make it really compelling. It's also about Jesse Fremont, John's wife, who basically was whip smart, should have been a man. In fact, the newspaper said of her at the day that if she had been born of a different sex, she would have been one of our leaders. She made her husband who he was. And she basically created an aura of the first because there was the printing press. Um, celebrity. So celebrity okay. culture is when it started. People loved the Fremonts and were fascinated with them. And he got all this power. In fact, he ran for president, mostly because he had a lot of fame. Um, people just liked the dashing young man and everything that his wife had written about him or had ghost written about him. So really fascinating book. Um, if you just kind of want to get out of the modern day. My other one is very different. It's called 100 Daffodils. It's by a gardener, a landscape designer in Dallas. Her name is Rebecca Wynn. So she even has, I don't remember the name of it. I think it's Whimsical Gardens on Facebook or YouTube. Okay. So she does like her own gardening channel. This is a story about, it's kind of just like little vignettes of her life after um, she her husband says he wants a divorce. Um, and they've been married for almost 25 years. So like how a garden is healing. And, and the answers that come in a garden. It's very um, personal. It's very much women centric, you know, as she's saying as she's struggling to embrace her own power and come out of a marriage that had been very damaging. And who is she going to be today? And who is she going to listen to? Totally different. I'm finding it delightful. She's a wonderful reader, or I'm sorry, she's a wonderful writer for people to read. You know, she has that poetic sort of a tone. And I think that this time of year, especially as, you know, we're in spring and early summer here, it's just like this reminder of nature and the healing properties that it brings to us, which I don't know, I've just like been like, this is what is grounding me. It's rooting me, you know, mm. pun intended, maybe yes, in exactly. what I need as I face the everyday and all the chaos in my life. So those are my little extra what awesomes. What was the name of that second one again? It's called 100 Daffodils. 100 Daffodils. Even the title is lovely. Mm -hmm. And we actually had her on our show. So our the book, you know, we, because the host that I work for at Minnesota Public Radio, she is an avid reader and she does a ton of, about books. We get a lot of books at the station. So she happened to pick this one up because the cover is, a you know, just what you might imagine. It's a blue cover with a big sprig of bright yellow daffodils. Oh, yes. And when we got it in February, that was very much not what we were seeing in Minnesota. So she right. picked it up and just said, I, I think this is somebody I want to talk to. And she was just as delightful in person. And so that's where I got the book. But it's just it's a great story and it's very heartwarming. So great. Well, I will put links in the show notes for you superstars if you would like to check those out. Yeah. They both sound very fascinating yeah. and also like perfect bedtime reading for sure. Yeah, well, and the history one, it took me a while to get through because, you know, as much as I love to nerd out on history, it's it's not um, sexy, you know? So <laughs> I would be like, and so his fourth trip to the... <laughs> But the good news is that right now, at least here, I don't know about what it is in Oklahoma, the libraries are not accepting any books back right now. So they're right. just like, just keep them. Like you can yes. request new books, just keep them. So I'm like, all right, that's good because it's going to take yep. me a while to get through it. I just finished. What's yes. the, what, how are the libraries operating where you are? Um, they're completely closed. Um, can you so request books and like go pick them up? Not that I'm aware of. Now, I haven't tried to do that, but I do know for sure they're they're closed and mm -hmm. they said just keep everything. Just keep everything. And so 
thankfully I had, um, so we've been doing before, before in the, in the before times, that's what I just call it to my children and everyone else. Before, yeah, or B, I guess it would have to be BC before COVID. That doesn't work. We already have a BC anyway. Uh, BP before pandemic. There you go. That's good. Um, We had been doing tutoring for the twins once a week at a branch of the public library. And so thankfully I had just gone when I was I'm there frequently, but I had just gone and we had gotten a big stack, especially for Nico, a huge stack of board books. And so I've been so thankful that we've had those and that we could just keep them for a while. That's been really nice. Um, but speaking of the, the twins and also speaking of them and learning, one of the awesomes I wanted to mention is a website that was recommended to me in the Suddenly Awesome Homeschooling group. I had posted a thread there asking for some resources for homeschool curriculum that basically lives online. Mm-hmm. Um, the twins needed, they, neither of them had great, uh, instruction in kindergarten, John Kyle more so than Mac really missed out on a lot of basics. And so I was really looking for some reading slash phonics stuff and then also math. Um, and so somebody just recommended to me a site called Dreambox, dreambox.com. And I checked it out and oh my gosh, Kelly, it has been a complete game changer for them with math. It is set up to be in game format. So they just think they're playing games, although they do kind of know that they're, you know, learning counting and, and using, um, the, the thing, the great thing is here's why I needed help. I do have a degree in education, but it's English education and it's at the secondary level. So although my background is definitely in teaching, I have no idea how to teach fundamentals of subjects to little kids. None. Um, so I especially was out of my element on teaching math. So what this website does so wonderfully, it has really helped. And again, John Kyle really, he needed, um, some backup instruction. So I actually took them, although they are, would have been finishing first grade right now. I took them all the way back to start at the kindergarten, uh, level for this curriculum. And, um, it teaches like almost like if you had manipulatives, math manipulatives, like a number, like a bead slider to help them have like a concrete way of understanding this is what these numbers represent. And so they have been working through that and they have both absolutely just been blowing through the curriculum because they love it. So they just, they only, you know, like this, the site thinks if you do like three lessons a week, you're doing great. They're doing like three and four lessons a day. Yeah. Because awesome. they're having so much fun with it. Um, John Kyle, for the first time, feels so confident in math and is just feeling like he's a math master. And it has just been great. And it has a great um, parent back end where you can look and like look at reports and see how they're doing. And I have just been absolutely blown away. This one does cost, and I can't remember, it wasn't like exorbitant or anything, um, even with having two kids sign up for it. But I'll put a link in the show notes if anybody else is needing it. it I think it's like K through eight curriculum that you can work with. And um, so anyway, it's really good. I really loved it. That sounds amazing. Like I, and I would say... I wish my kids were little still, um, because I would understand what they're doing in school so much more. That's where I feel um, caught. And that actually was something that I wanted to say, just because I feel like some of the superstars, you know, this is our time that we get to be a little bit more honest, a little bit more authentic mm-hmm. and things. I've, I am actually kind of liking being more involved in my kids' school, because when they say, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know why I got a bad grade in the test. 
I do have more power to say, well, then let's go back and figure it out because the teachers are right. sending us all of the components, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or at least most of the teachers are. There's a few, <laughs> but even then we're not. But so I, I do like that part of it because I feel like for my kids, I'm, I'm seeing them actually learn more than they do when they're in school. Just because of who they are and how they interact, nothing to do with the teachers, really. It's really has more to do with my kids. And of course, when you're on a one-on-one, you know, with your parent versus in a classroom of 28, that's going to be different right there. Um, However, (laughs) trying to keep up with three different kids, um, grade level stuff, especially the middle school and the high schooler, um, Mm. their stuff, to help them, I have to understand it. Mm-hmm. For me to understand it, I need to go like what you're doing for John Kyle and Mac. Like I, I really need to be like, can we start at the beginning of the of the year? I don't remember yes. algebra. Um, yeah. Oh my so gosh. Yes. There's a lot of that that I feel um, overwhelmed by. I, I was yeah. even today. Um, my daughter, who's in sixth grade, is doing like a pre-algebra. And what she's doing is what did I even Google? I was laughing at myself like I can't believe I'm googling this. It was like. Um, solving multi-equation, two variable negatives, you know, something like that, where I was just like, the teachers do a couple of examples and videos, but then, you know, you have like 15 problems to do and each one is a little different. They're not just a repeat of the same problem. It's like, well, now what do you do? And now what do you do? And now it's a negative fraction. What do you do with a negative fraction? I'm like, I don't, I have no clue. So it's, it's just, it feels like a lot to keep up with. And there's a part of me I'm sure that a lot of parents feel this way. Just thinks if I'm going to do this again, like it would be easier to, to homeschool it. And I'm not in the group, mm-hmm. the sort of awesome homeschool. So what is it? It's the sort of awesome. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly awesome, home- awesome homeschooling. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the whole idea, and I've seen a lot of people say this, and I'm sure there are people in that group who are saying it, that taking school and doing it at home, like we are at the end of the school year here is different than homeschooling. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am really thankful. We, I feel very supported by our school system, by our teachers, especially in the high school. Our high school has decided to let the students decide if they would like to take grades for this semester mm-hmm. or just do a pass fail and they can decide class by class. So oh, that wow. if you are like, I've got a really good grade in this class or I've worked really hard or it's an AP class, I want the grade. I want it to impact my GPA mm-hmm. or. Yes you know, even before this or because of this, like I'm really struggling. I'm not going to be able to get my grade up. I just, I don't want it to impact my GPA. Take it as a pass fail. So, I mean, they really, I do feel so thankful. This is one of those both and situations like we we're saying at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? I am so thankful that we are in a home where we have technology, we have school supplies, Lots of times I do, I can make time to help my kids. I'm enjoying working with my kids. We have amazing teachers in an amazing district. And still, it is really freaking hard. (laughs) Like it is absorbing so much of our time and so much of um, our energy, my energy, Mm -hmm. I think, especially because I'm the one who's like the engine that's driving this machine. Um, Yeah, we even for the even for Kieran, who's in fourth grade and has not as much to do. Um. Because he doesn't have as much to do, I think he hasn't had as many days where I'm like, no, you're just going to do this. So even today, he had like one of those, like, go to his room, slam the door, locks himself in, where I was like, all you have to do is write a paragraph. And he's like, no. (laughs) Like, he wrote one, but it was it was supposed to be a compare and contrast of your life before the pandemic and after, Uh because they're talking about compare and contrast. And he wrote 
There's nothing to compare. My life now, dude, is freaking awesome. That was his paragraph. <laughs> Kieran is such an awesome. Yes, <laughs> he, he cracks me up. So I'm like, this is there is nothing wrong with this, and it is funny, and it might be true, but you need to do better. And he was just like, absolutely not. Like, how dare you reject my work? I have artistic <laughs> differences with you. It's just a lot of energy. This is what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. It really is. I mean, it really has taken, it takes a lot of our morning, really. And that is not anything that I am accustomed to or acclimated to for sure. You know, Kyle and I were talking when this whole thing began, like we've kind of had sort of trial runs of this, of both of us trying to fit work in while kids are underfoot. But the the schooling component is just so totally brand new. And that is, it's still difficult. And when we very first started, the the twins were super gung-ho and like, this is so cool. And, you know, but now the the shine has worn off of the shininess of learning at home. (laughs) John Kyle still has a pretty good attitude, but oh my goodness, it is a battle with Mac almost every day, except for math. It's the reading stuff that he's yeah. kind of dragging his feet on. Right. So um, the girls are pretty self-directed in Oklahoma. They um, declared statewide that these grades can only imp- like whatever work you to do can only improve your grade. Yeah. And they're, the girls were totally happy. They all had all A's, all the things. So they've been kind of hit and miss. They'll pop onto zoom calls if they want to, just to see their friends. <laughs> Yeah. And just have a little social interaction. But that's been pretty low key with them. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, I've heard it said time and again, especially, and it's been so comforting to hear from veteran homeschoolers who are like, listen, parents, Mm -hmm. what you are doing right now, do not feel like this is like what homeschooling is. We, you know, there's so much that is so just like mindset different, homeschooling culture is different. Also, when you're homeschooling, many, many, many homeschoolers are part of groups where you get together and you hang out with other parents and the Mm -hmm. kids are going and doing things. It's not sequestered at home, uh, just you and your kids all day, every day. And so anyway, I've taken comfort in that, that we're we're flailing about, but we're doing the best we can. Right. And I know that we're, we're just going to continue to flail for a little while, I think. Yeah. You know, there's an article on um, National Public Radio this week, giving some different scenarios, talking to a lot of different school districts across the country of what might happen in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been good, you know, kind of good to think about like that we're, school's not going to continue probably exactly as it is now, but it's not going to be back to normal either in the fall. So just kind of thinking about it, you know, Tish Oxenreiter said on Twitter this last week that as an, I think it was really as an introvert and having, you know, kids who are introverts, she's like, look, churches, I think she was speaking to churches, like the youth groups and things like, I appreciate that you want to stay connected. But like, by the time we get done with school, like my kids, the last thing they want to do is get on another zoom call, you know, that, that we're trying. And it made me realize that I think that a lot of our institutions, school, church, are trying to take what we do normally and just do it digitally, like yeah. all the same things. And I said to Tish that I wonder if over the course of the next 12 to 18 months, like that will not be sustainable or even useful. Like, you know, I think right. that I, I hate to say this because I get it. I love I have so many good friends who work in children's ministries at churches and at our church, they are producing amazing content. They are sending, they're making videos and here's a game you can play. And we've got all this curriculum and here are worksheets. And 
I don't know anybody who's doing any of it because we don't have time, you know? So I feel bad that they're doing all this work, even though they're doing really good stuff and being very creative. So maybe we're just going to have to completely rethink, like, why are we doing this? What do we hope to accomplish? Is it accomplishing that? And if not, maybe we don't just have to do the same things like we're doing right now, I think with school, we're just trying to take the school day in a school setting in a classroom and say, do it at home. And it just doesn't work. Fantastic. But I I do think that it's interesting to see that we might be rethinking some of these things. And as time continues on, and as we do all navigate together, what, what it's going to look like each stage ahead of us. Um, I've told Daisy, because Daisy has had a lot of anxiety around the fact that, like, she was taking some classes, like, she's a freshman, but she was taking pre-AP Algebra 2, and she's really worried that when she starts in the fall, if she starts in, and I can't remember what her next math class mm-hmm. is, it's like some upper level that I would yeah. ever do. But she's <laughs> like, I'm going to be so unprepared for that. And I've been telling her along the way that, like, the weirdest thing, but also the most comforting thing about this whole time is that everyone around the whole world thats right is missing what should have been normally happening right now. So right. it's not like this was isolated to just Oklahoma City or to Oklahoma or to our part of the country or even to our country globally. This is such a, a, a marker of something that happened to all of us. Mm-hmm. And so if there are big chunks of things that she finds, like, you know, if she, on down the road, she's like, I just never learned that in algebra two. And it really impacts her life, which we'll see. Um, but that, you know, it's like, okay, you know what? A whole bunch of people missed the last nine weeks or the last part That's of right. algebra two that year. And so it is strangely comforting to know that even though things are all discombobulated right now, it is for every person. Right. So, and it will be one of those things that if they look at transcripts of grades and they say, why don't you, Oh, it was 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why, you know, like it's not going to be one of those things that I right. think is going to be held against you. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just I- have to say this in case anybody has a, a child like mine too. And like, I wouldn't probably say this in the regular podcast, but you know, you're talking about your girls having all A's. I have a son, <laughs> you guys, he's super, super smart, but he's also, and I get it. I'm the same way. I'm a questioner on the Gretchen Rubin, you know, scale. Mm-hmm. My husband is I also, so my kids are all asking why whenever I, it's mm-hmm. like, do this assignment. They are not rule followers. They're like, why make me care? Like, why should yeah. I care? So yeah. I have a 16 year old and you guys, I'm just like, this is the best scenario. You can sleep as late as you want. And all I'm asking of you is to get a D minus and get your credit <laughs> for the class. I don't even know who I am anymore. Like both, both Corey and I were, you know, pretty much A students. Like we just, we, it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't hard. He, he could get A's. He just does not care to. He's like, why? What's the point? Grades matter in high school? No, they don't. Like all I need to do is get the credit and graduate, which is actually what I say to him. All you have to do is get the credit and graduate. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, you need this credit. All you have, this is the goal now, a D (laughs) minus. Can we just get a 60%? Meg, I can't even believe these are the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, the changes this pandemic has wrought. I know. Us. I'm like, it's just crazy. And I, and he does, thankfully, when I say this to him, I take him by the shoulders. He's taller than me. And I say, this is what I'm asking of you. A D minus. I can't believe I'm saying this. And he just goes, okay, mom, like, I get it. And I'm like, really? Yes. This is the standard now. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, my goodness. Okay. I have one more awesome thing. Do you have any other awesome things to throw out no, there? No, tell me you're awesome. Okay. 
Okay, the last one is a TV show. And if you have um, been watching our or listening to our Sword Awesome Plus series, mm-hmm. I mentioned this briefly, um, but it has now come to a conclusion. And that is the show Making the Cut on Prime. It's a Prime original. And Making the Cut brings back together Tim Gunn, who I love, yes. and Heidi Klum. And it is a fashion reality show, just like Project Runway was. Um, this one is because it's a Prime original. It is very much interwoven with the whole Amazon uh, uh, thing. And so at the end of each challenge, the contestants who are competing, um, if their winning look, whoever wins the challenge, gets to have their actual design put into production and featured in the Making the Cut store on Amazon. So in some ways, I've got to say, it's kind of been one long commercial for yeah. buying clothes on Amazon, which I do frequently. So I wasn't offended by it. But I'm like, you guys aren't even being super, you know, like, <laughs> you're not even trying to hide this. <laughs> no, you're not being subtle in any way. It is in your face, like, go buy clothes on Amazon. Um, but it has been so good. Ooh. One thing that I love about making the cut that was different from Project Runway is each of the contestants is already an established designer in their own right. And so you don't have a, that sort of like amateurish yeah. um, component that you did on Project Runway, which was very interesting and made for great TV. But this was a lot more about giving somebody a start to a, a legitimate um, fashion line and, and entrance into the fashion industry. So anyway, the concluding episodes have dropped. And it was just really, really good um, TV if you like a reality show and if you like fashion. And one thing I did love about it is that Daisy and I watched the whole series together. We were both super invested in it. Um, Daisy likes fashion, but and not in the traditional sense. She likes, she more is into like style and what her aesthetic is as mm-hmm. we've covered on the show. Um, but so we just, we had so such good conversations around it. Like I tend to like a designer and root for a designer that I think has really interesting and challenging um, designs. That's not like what you see in stores. She, on the other hand, really based who she was reading for on whether or not she would wear the designs mm-hmm. that each designer was coming up with. So we had a really good discussions about it. And it was just really fun to have a show that we bonded over together that we were both really invested in that we yeah. could talk about. So anyway, if you guys are looking for something to watch and you have Prime, I highly recommend making the cut. And it will also give you that good Tim Gunn fix. His voice makes me feel like... Okay, maybe we're maybe we're going to be okay, even if he's not talking about anything related to the current events. Tim Gunn, I feel like we're going to be okay as long as you're on this planet. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like he was just on. Yeah, he was. I'm looking at my podcast app right now. Um, wait, wait, don't tell me, which is oh, really? one of my must listens every weekend yeah. when I'm like doing cleaning. Yeah, they're doing wait, wait, don't tell me now from home. You know, instead of before uh-huh. a live studio audience. So yes. I did you watch Parks and Rec? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So I, the very, one of the first weeks that they did it, one of their producers was adding sound effects. I was like, it's like NPR meets, um, Ira and the douche. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly how it sounds. Like not all the time, but you know, like somebody will say something and it's like, do, 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 you know, and they, they put in all these sound effects. So it's funny. I, I don't know if maybe because of that, it's easier to get guests. So they're bringing back some of their best guests. Like Tom Hanks was on just like the other oh, week. Wow. Oh, you know, yeah. recovered from COVID. Tim Gunn, right. Allison Janey was on this last week. So anyway. 
I do. Tim Gunn is just a treasure. And so it was fun to talk to him because he was at home and they were like, of course, you're wearing some stylish like pajamas. And he's like, oh, no. So you'll have to go listen to it, especially if you like Tim Gunn. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I mean, I adore him. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up then. Both of us have children and puppies to get to. Oh, yeah. The puppy. It's raining here today (laughs) as we are taping and like a lot of dogs, I think the puppy is like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't yeah. go to potty outside yes. in the rain. No, exactly. No, there's a oh. lot of carpet inside where I have mar- left yeah. my mark, and I'll just go yeah. find one of those spots. So my husband's that, like, here's the kennel. <laughs> I know potty training a puppy in the rain is the worst. That has been my one of my biggest regrets. I'm like, why? We've done this two times now. Why did we get puppies in the spring again? Because of course in Oklahoma, all it does is rain. Yeah. Um, in the spring, and we're supposed to get bad weather again tonight, Kelly. So we'll, well see we, what happens. We haven't even had any like storms yet. Like we haven't had that sort of weather reach us quite yet. Cause that's a whole other thing, you know, it's like, then they don't want to go outside because it's right oh, now right. it's just raining, you know, like we're yeah. like, it's going to start thundering and it's going to be torrential sorts of things. And yes. oh, it is, it's like, I, I do kind of wonder, we've never done the little puppy pad sort of idea, know. you know, that my friends who live in apartments are like, this is just reality. Like I can't be taking yeah. a dog out. Um, <laughs> but there was a moment today where I was like, well, maybe we should just get a little pad and go put it in a corner of a room and be like, if we could just at least get her to go there. Otherwise, it's just, um, I just am the, you know, cleanup crew. <laughs> I know, no, I know. I feel, I feel you. I relate to that. I even got a bag of puppy pads to try. But the first time it rained, I was like, oh man, what are we going to do? So I got some and neither of them would use it. They were like, mm, why? Yeah. Why, are you, why are you putting me on this? This doesn't make any sense. And so I'm like, all right, to the, off to the soggy backyard we go. Yep. I think that we would probably just get ours tune up. You know, like that's yeah. what I feel like everything is yes. a teething toy right now. So I was like, well, everything. we'll just deal with it. But you're right. We do. It's kind of nice to talk to you, Meg. I don't know that I want to go back out to my real life. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to tell me? I know, this is, <laughs> yes. These moments of adult conversation. I'm like, so look rare. at you and, and your blurred background. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, we look at my hair. Meg, I, you guys, you can go. I make me, I'll put it in the show notes here. I put it on my stories of the day. My hair is like so shaggy and long, but it's just it's nice to see long. you. It's nice I to talk to the, that. to the superstars. And I am glad to know there's so many yes. new superstars. Yes. Oh, the superstars group has been my haven lately. So, yeah. so glad that they're all here. Totally. All right, you guys. Well, that does it for April 2020. Of course. Um, oh, one thing I did want to mention. Um, we've had some changes to the, uh, yes. especially the podcast end of how you get your podcasts. Now I'm saying this on air, but, um, if you haven't <laughs> updated it, then you're not going to hear me say this. Anyway, if you guys have questions, either reach out to me or the Patreon team. Um, they are super responsive with help tickets. Um, it's, it's going to be a good change once we all get migrated mm-hmm. over there, but it's been a little bit more bumpy than they had prepared us for. So. Hopefully it'll all be smoothed out soon. Yes. So, and if you haven't found us in the superstars group, we'd love to have you there. Facebook.com slash groups slash S a superstars. Um, and all you need to get in is the email address attached to your Patreon account and we'll get you right in. So mm-hmm. Kelly, thanks for sitting down to talk. This has been wonderful. It was my pleasure. <laughs> all right. Well, superstars, thanks so much for listening. Thank you as always for your support. It means the world to us right now. And all year round. So thank you guys again, and we'll see y'all next time.